you know, I don't want to look young and be 80 and then die because I've been so complacent because I look so young. I want to embrace those lines. So education is key. Media literacy is key. Also, I want women to feel empowered that a life of embracing and embracing your body will not be delivered to you on your lap. It's not something that just happens. You actually have to work for it. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Joel Lulovich here. And Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. We don't talk about self-care a lot on our podcast and I personally think I don't talk about it too much because I don't feel like I'm particularly good at it. I don't know about you, Lucy. Yeah, I don't think I'm very good at it either, to be be honest. (laughs) We try. I think also, or at least I shouldn't speak for you, but I think at least for me, I get a lot of enjoyment out of working and I know that's not supposed to be my self-care, but it is the thing that I do that I really enjoy and to some extent I'm doing that for me, so kind of, but I know it's kind of a cop-out as well. Well, I think it is because self-care is not just eating right and sleeping and exercising. It does go so much beyond that. It's body and mind. We do both believe that self-care is essential. You know, the whole idea that you can't look after anyone else if you haven't looked after yourself first is true. There's a reason why people talk about that oxygen mask. So we talk about body and mind and a big part of the mind part is how we think about ourselves. So, you know, whether it's the old imposter syndrome creeping in or dissatisfaction about our abilities, maybe we haven't got up the corporate ladder where we thought we would by this time, maybe it's just guilt because we're not the mum we think we should be, Uh, you know, all of those things are really difficult on the mind, but there's also the body, like we said. And that's the one that we're going to talk about today. And it's important because we're mums and our bodies have gone through amazing changes through pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, and all the bits and pieces that come in between. And they're not quite the same after all that. Yeah, it could be extra body weight or, you know, maybe your feet grew. That's a thing when you're pregnant. Or maybe it's just that you've changed shape. Yes, that is such a thing. (laughs) (laughs) The feet thing, just on that. I know your feet grew. I thought they were meant to go back to what they used to be. None of my shoes fit me. I've had to give them all to my sisters. What's that all about? But yes, (laughs) it is feet and the rest of the body. It's easy to feel disappointed or to feel negative about yourself and even if it's just not negative it's just coming to terms with this new body it's change right and that change is always can always be difficult to cope with or difficult to deal with yeah and how you think about your body impacts on your whole life because if you feel that you're not what you should be it's going to come through it does come through so today's guest is all about helping us learn to embrace ourselves And for many of you, that totally gave it away. But for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about or didn't get the hint, we're talking about our interview with Taryn Brumfit, the author of the inspiring documentary Embrace and leader of the body image movement. So Taryn now speaks all across the world in her crusade to shift the way people think about themselves and their body. She was recognized by the United Nations and named alongside Beyonce. How cool is that? as Bridget Magazine's Woman of the Year, and she authored the book called Embrace Yourself and has a course, Embrace You, which is a four-week online program that will teach you how to embrace your body, 
which starts very soon on the 16th of July and Taryn talks to us about that in the episode. Taryn's also one of us. She's an Aussie and lives in South Australia with her husband and three kids and a little bit of a small menagerie that she's got going on there as well. I loved this interview, Lucy. It was such a great thing to listen to. It was good fun and I love Taryn's energy and you can just see how passionate she is about all the things she talks about. If only we could share the video because yeah. you, you can really see when you talk to her. So anyway, listen in and we're sure that you will love it too. Enjoy. Hi, Taryn. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you on and to talk to you about your body image movement and all of the things that you're up to. Now, it all started with your Instagram photo, which was a few years back now. And that was a before and after photo, but not a typical before and after photo. And that led to your documentary, your book and your online course. Can you give us the short summary of the journey? I think most of our listeners probably know who you are, so they may have heard it before. But if they haven't, give us the short version. How did we go from Instagram photo to documentary? (laughs) Basically, I posted a photograph online. It was my non-traditional before and after photo. We normally see women, sometimes men too, in a before image. They're living in a larger body and they're often very sad. And then they lose weight and miraculously, they become happy. They're the sorts of before and afters we see. But that just wasn't the case for me. I struggled with my body image for a number of years and I thought that having a perfect bikini body would make me happy. I arrived in that body and it didn't. So I swapped my photos around and my before photo was on stage in a bodybuilding competition. Don't even ask me how I got there because it was probably the weirdest, (laughs) weirdest thing I've done in my life. So that was my before And then my after was uh, another image. It was naked, but you couldn't see anything. It was very tasteful. But you could certainly make out the the folds and the rolls and the cellulite. I posted it online. It went very viral. It had over 100 million views in the first sort of 12 months. And truly, I think it broke the brains of the media all around the world that a woman could love her body after. And I think it's probably one of the most absurd things about that photograph was just how it made headline news. Yeah. that a woman could love and embrace her body. And uh, a friend of mine even got off a, a Qantas plane and said to me, Taryn, you made the in-flight news. How ridiculous <laughs> is that? And I'm like, that is ridiculous. Why did you do it? Oh, so I thought that having the, the perfect body would make me happy. And I trained to get this body and it didn't. A few months after I got off stage, uh, my body went back to what it is now, just, uh, you know, a healthy, happy body. And I'd been speaking to some friends and they said to me, Tyron, you had that perfect body, then you put your weight back on and you've never been happier. Mm. How and why? They were so confused. So I posted the image Mm. really just for them. There was no strategy or plan to go viral. It was just like, oh, this should be helpful. Posted it online (laughs) and, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So tell us about that, the trigger point that made you shift that perspective. You say in your documentary and in your book that it was while you were on stage that you realized that this was supposed to make you happy, but it didn't. Was was that the moment? Was it while you were on stage that things changed or was it after when you had the conversations? What was the trigger point? Absolutely being on stage, walking from one side of the room to the other with 900 people looking at me and a bunch of judges writing notes about my body in a silver bikini and I can only describe them as a they're like porno shoes like I I, I always think <laughs> that I'm sure a part of the feminist in me died that day but truly never say never in life because I found myself there 
But I remember being on stage and, you know, there were people clapping, the judges were looking, being very serious. And I just thought, oh my gosh, give me the microphone MC because I have something, like I've got a story here. This is not all that it's cracked up to be. To, for me and my body to have that shaped body on stage, you know, toned and no fat, it just took so much time and sacrifice, calorie counting, obsession. I was so disconnected with my life. I found it hard to be present with my children and in relationships. It was just too hard and it just wasn't sustainable. There was no way I could sustain that body shape for the rest of my life. So I had to make a real decision. And I did right then and there. I'm like, I ain't doing this anymore. And I remember getting off stage, eating my Easter eggs that I'd saved from months before. Um, (laughs) Then I thought, I'm going to find a way to move my body for pleasure and not punishment. I'm going to fuel my body with foods that give me energy. I'm not going to calorie count. I'm going to get my head around some intuitive eating, intuitive moving, mindful eating, mindful moving. And all of those things just, it really transformed my life. But it was never a, and now I have embraced. It just happened over a period of time. And now six years on, these things are just habitual to me. And I've never had a bad day about my body in, oh gosh, years and years and years and years now. It's been amazing. It's fantastic. I think you say in your, well, you've said in a number of places that it it wasn't your body that needed to change, it was your perspective. And listening to what you've said there, it's really clear that that has made the change for you. But that's not easy for a lot of people. Reading through your book, there were so many things that I just related to so well. And I think that, you know, we've had years and years and years of messaging. How do you turn it around? How do you change that perspective and, and make it about embracing your body? And and I know you've got a course, which is, which is wonderful, but what are some of the how-tos that we can focus on right now? Yeah, I think the first thing I would love everyone to know is that we weren't born into this world hating our bodies. This is something that we've learned along the way from buying into a bunch of toxic messages that basically tell us to be anything other than what we are. And this is what I'm finding with with the the groups of women when I'm speaking on stage and audiences, there's almost this like, aha, yeah, I know that. I've been led down this path and I am deeply unhappy. And I mean, we're smart, intelligent women, most of us who have bought into this. And that's the great tragedy of the story of body loathing is that we have been so easily swept up. So I think the key is to educate ourselves. The key is to take the blinkers off. The key is to see the reasons why behind the beauty company driving that message home to you that there is something wrong with your wrinkles. For me, aging is a privilege denied to many. You know, the lines on my face, they serve to remind me that life is short and the bucket list is long. You know, I don't want to look young and be 80 and then die because I've been so complacent because I look so young. I want to embrace those lines. So education is key. Media literacy is key. Also, I want women to feel empowered that a life of embracing and embracing your body will not be delivered to you on your lap. It's not something that just happens. You actually have to work for it. But let me assure you, the work that you put in will pay you 100-fold. It's an incredibly rich, abundant fund. I describe it as magical. I know some people like want to eye roll when I say magical, <laughs> but that's just how it feels. I know how it feels to hate my body. I spent more years of my life hating it than loving it. And magical is probably 
the best way I can describe how it feels. <laughs> I think you do a really good job of explaining those concepts in your TED talk where you go through and you ex- you talk about tragedy and you explain this is what tragedy looks like and you juxtapose that with women who are standing on scales or who are getting Botox or those kinds of things. When the camera then pans to the audience, you can see how people are kind of like, oh, I never really thought about it like that. Do you get that a lot? Yeah, I think people have quite a few aha moments. And I guess being a mum of three and and having a business and travelling a lot, I think everything I do and try and talk about is very practical. So when we talk about how-tos and when we try to break through an audience with the aha moments, it's really just talking about their everyday lives. You know, even for an example, oh, your girlfriends are going away on a holiday and next minute the conversation turns very quickly to being in a bikini and having to diet for the holiday and just even just people listening to some of the stuff that has become so habitual to us, become a habit to hate our bodies. It's become a habit for groups of women to stand around and talk about diets and wanting to look a certain way and hasn't she got a great or I wish I looked like that. We do this without even knowing it. But I guess that's what we've got to sort of lift the lid on by having conversations like we are today, that this is not normal. It is not normal to hate our bodies. It is not our life's purpose to hate our bodies. And I often get people say to me, Darren, where do you get all your energy from? And I wasn't always like this. This is truly, um, I put down to taking out that negative conversation in the head and the constant judgment I used to put myself and others under. All of that is gone now. And it allows me to think, dream, do, contribute in more important ways to the world. One of the how-to guides that I absolutely loved in your book was telling people to start feeling grateful for their body and what their body does for them. And I love that quote that you have, you know, your body isn't an ornament, it's a vehicle to your dreams. And the exercise that I was referring to is that, you know, list out all the reasons why you're grateful. And one of the top things I think on the list was that you have arms and that your arms can help you hug your children. I loved that, you know, rather than thinking about, I think you referred to it as the tuck shop arms, you know, the the wings that we have when we're waving our arms around, instead thinking about what they can do for us, not how they look. I mean, I was one of these women that would never wear a sleeveless dress in summer because I was so ashamed and embarrassed by my arms. And I know a lot of women feel that way. And now my arms, they haven't change as I get older they get saggier but of course I wear sleeveless dresses now in summer because it's hot in Australia that's what we do but it's a real sort of a pivot if you will a pivot in the way we consider those arms I now think I've got the world's most friendliest arms it's a shame we can't see video in this because when I wave long after I finish waving like my arms are still flapping about like I'm like look at those arms they're so friendly Um, and I think it's just having a different perspective on these body parts that we give ourselves such a hard time for I'm so grateful I've got two arms to wrap around my kids and these legs you know just cellulite they've got stretch marks you know they wobble and jiggle they ran a marathon a couple of weeks ago like what incredible legs my breath fed 4,000 meals yes they don't sit where they used to but this is what women need to do they need to find space in their life to consider the parts of the body that they don't love in fact they probably hate And then find the magic in them, find the reasons to love their body, find reasons to be grateful for those body parts. It's a big part of my journey to embrace it. And I know now having worked with thousands of women around the world, that gratefulness can have a huge impact on how we perceive our bodies. 
You gave an example about perspective and you, the example that you give is about babies who have dimples on their thighs and how we think it's really cute. But when we get dimples, we're like, oh, when, you know, we, why do we have dimples? I don't like that. And it made me laugh reading that because when my daughter was a baby, my sisters were over and said, why has she got cellulite on her legs? She's a couple of weeks old. I think I can't remember. And they were like, oh, so it must be normal then because she's a brand new baby and she's got, you know, like cellulite and dimples. So no one cares about that. Why do they care about it when I've got it? It's, you know, it's normal. And it is, it's that shifting perspective to say, actually, this is a human body and this is how it was designed and built. And it's supposed to do these things. <laughs> and it's unique, right? We're all different and all unique. Some of us get stretch marks. Some of us don't. Some of us have cellulite. Some of us don't. There's no right or wrong. But what's happened is, I mean, this is what I refer to as the rules. There are rules that have, mm. you know, who is this person that has said, right, cellulite is bad like yes. where is this messaging come from and why have we bought into it it's like um for those of you who have seen embrace the documentary when we take women through the journey of what was beauty through the ages in the 1920s straight up and down no boobs equals beauty in the 1950s at larger breasts larger bums curvy women that was beautiful you know the supermodels in the 90s it's ridiculous if you stop and think about it. In fact, it's just it's so absurd that in different eras, there's a, there's a new rule for beauty. How about we consider beauty being someone's humility or compassion or kindness? That's how we should measure beauty. How do we do this for our children? Because I think as parents, I mean, you're, you're a mother of daughter as well, as are both of us and our sons as well. It's not just the women who are dealing with these issues, but definitely, unfortunately, falls more on the women. How do we make sure that we're not perpetuating these problems and that we avoid our kids getting brought into this crazy world where we're all so concerned about how we look and that we want to look like the version of beauty for the era? Yeah, sure. We, we, for our kids, we need to be the kings and the queens to them. You know, they look up to us. They're, they're sponges. They're taking it all in. It is up to us and it's our responsibility to model positive behaviour when it comes to our body. So it's never, so really watching the language of, of how you speak. One example is it, I've heard uh, women in the schoolyard say to other women, oh my gosh, you've lost weight. You look incredible in earshot of the kids and then all of a sudden kids are like ah weight loss is good okay and then as they get a little older and they see the diet ads they're like oh diet weight loss okay and then they're in and immerse themselves in the diet culture they're on that path so we must show our kids that we love and embrace our bodies by moving our bodies for pleasure don't go for a run because you ate chocolate cake Go for a run because you enjoy it, if that's your big. It might be cycling. It could be dancing in the lounge room with the music blaring. Show your kids how you enjoy your body. Talk to your kids about how amazing it is. Do as many nudie runs through the house as you can. My <laughs> eldest boy, he's about to turn 13. So my, I reckon my days are numbered. But, you know, um, but he, doesn't, he, doesn't really, he doesn't turn a blind eye because he's always seen it. It's just the body. Yes. You don't take it all seriously. Have fun with it. And really get your kids to, to connect. I think nature is so important. So can you take them for a hike? Can you get them off their screens? If they are older and they are on the screens, who are they following? Have those conversations with them. Get them to fill up their feed with positive people. You know, the career pits of the world. Yeah. 
um, the Michelle Obamas and media literacy. Media literacy is key for our kids. They need to understand why the messages are coming at them as well, what it means, and uh, we need to help them build a foundation of values that's based on who they are, what they do, and not what they look like. Now, you have a four-week course that's starting up again soon. Is it 16th of July, I believe? Yes, we're so pumped. This is my favourite time of the year. I was going to say I'm on an endless high because it's the time of the year where we get to connect with all our people in our community. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Tell us about the course. What does it involve? So, after I made Embrace, we had, gosh, thousands, probably tens of thousands of people go come to us in emails and messages saying, yes, we want to Embrace. They were so pumped up. But how do we do it? So, we took a couple of years to develop some strategies, working with health professionals and building this program. It's uh, four weeks, uh, four videos, a workbook. Everything's really easy. Again, just being really practical uh, person. If you can't make the videos, you just listen back to them or you can watch them back at another time. The other thing about Embrace You is that we always lead with, with generosity. That's just our mission statement at Body Image Movement. So we give as much as we can. So if you do the course in the four weeks, but you want to revisit the, the content in six months, you can. So you get it for life. This will be our biggest round uh, yet that we've done because I've invited some people I've worked with and know and trust and love. Weight psychologist, Glenn McIntosh, a neuroscience coach, Shelley Laslett. So Glenn's going to talk about and answer all the weight loss questions like how do I embrace my body, but I still want to mm. lose weight. Shelley helps us from a brain perspective about how to get the information to stick beyond the program. And then we've got the most incredible meditation teacher. She's got a PhD. She's, she's actually personally changed my life, um, Tammy Ruse. So we've sort of left no stone unturned. The program's $69. Again, we try to make it as affordable for everyone as possible. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very passionate about it. (laughs) We've had thousands of women do the course and we've got a 94% success rate. So we are proud of that. We know women and we know how to help them. So yeah, embrace you. It's pretty important. And I was looking at the testimonials last night, actually, You've got a few testimonials on your website on embraceyouonline.com and one of them was a lady who said that she proudly bought, not only bought but wore a bikini for the first time in 10 years after doing your course and the other one that really stuck with me was someone who said that she'd stopped weighing herself after keeping six years worth of spreadsheets recording her weight and that just blew me away. Oh, I know. And, you know, I've heard that because, you know, I've heard those stories. I still get goosebumps on my arms when I hear them. I mean, this is what we live for. We we live for these stories. We just, I love people. I've been a people lover since I was born. I just, and I, and I love to help. And I, I just know how hard the, the road is when you hate your body. It, it, nothing falls into place. It, it's really anchoring. It has such a negative impact on your life. So to be able to provide a service to people that works and changes lives, I mean, I couldn't think of anything better. And I love the women who do embrace you because there's so much anticipation in the beginning, like, is it going to work and can I, re- <laughs> can I really change? And then when we hear the success stories and we see these women doing some really adventurous, crazy, fun activities with their life, it's like our KPI here at 
body image movement. Are women doing wild and crazy things? Yes, they are. Okay, let's all go for lunch and celebrate. Are these wild and crazy things all your sparkle ideas that people should have? I loved that in your book. Yeah, there is a lot of sparkle activities. I was just only reading a story this morning from one of our Embrace participants who had always wanted to go swimming but didn't want to go in her bathers and now she's so, like doing all these underwater activities and she's snorkeling and she sent us a photograph of her jumping off the jetty and it was <laughs> yes I mean look sparkle activities for me it's anything that pushes you outside of your comfort zone and women hold back themselves a lot women are very good at putting everyone else's needs before their own Palliative care nurse Bronnie Ware documented yeah. that one of the regrets of the dying is that people lived a life that wasn't theirs. And I don't know the data on women versus men, but I do know women. And I know that we are so good because we're nurturers. It's who we are. It's our chemical makeup. And unfortunately, it means we put ourselves last. We need to start putting ourselves first because when we fill up our cup, we're of better service to others. We're better people. We're better wives. We're better friends. And we're more fun to be around. All of that content around pushing yourself outside your comfort zone with your sparkle activities or whatever it might be always makes me think of the imposter syndrome that gets talked about, particularly with women as well. And I see a lot of similarities, you know, because we're, we're constantly, you know, so many of the things that we struggle with are to do with the way that we treat ourselves, whether it's the way we feel about our body or whether it's the way we, you know, think that we should get ahead at work. Do you think your message helps in terms of people who are struggling with imposter syndrome? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think one of the fundamental messages that, that we try and, and get across is that life is very short. <laughs> I mean, I often say to people, I feel like I was at a nightclub like last night dancing and throwing back a tequila and now I'm 41 and I've got three kids and a mortgage. I'm like, how did that happen? So I, I think we need to not take it all too seriously. And I certainly find that women who have learned to embrace themselves have a higher self-confidence, self-esteem. They're able to say yes more. I don't want to swear on this podcast, but the only way to say it is, I'll just say effort. You know, they, like effort, not, not yes. effort as in E-double-F-O-I-R-T. But they do, they say, oh, effort, I'm just going to start the dance floor. I'm just going to jump in the ocean. I'm just going to seek out adventures and joy. So I definitely agree with you. I do believe all of that imposter syndrome is linked and related to everything I talk about. We find that women who embrace are more likely to put their hand up and use their voice, go for leadership roles, do more, be more. That's what the planet needs. We need more women doing this. Absolutely. And while Lucy just settles her beautiful baby little Harry there, who's decided Sorry, to join us. Sorry, to run away. He was screaming. <laughs> um, now I'm looking at a baby like breastfeeding. I'm like, oh, I want to have a fourth. My husband's like, you are not having a fourth, Karen. But I get very clucky around babies still. Yeah, I'm very pleased that I get to enjoy Lucy's baby so that I don't have to have any more of my own. I bet you do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Taryn. There's, there's so many gems in what you've had to share with us. There's two questions that we always love to finish off our podcast with. And the first one is whether or not you have a mantra. Are there, there some words that you live by? Yes, I do. My body is not an ornament. It is a vehicle to my dreams. I say it over and over and I say it in every talk and every interview, but that really does does drive me and it's a really great way and a good perspective to have on your body that it's not here to be looked at we're here to use it um, and fuel it and have fun with it I reckon that would stick with a lot of people too both Joe and I prepared separately for this 
for interviewing you and then came together to talk about what we wanted to talk to you about. And we'd both saved that quote separately. So I, I have a feeling that that would stick with a lot of people. The other question we'd like to ask is if you have one piece of advice that you could give to women who are managing the career family juggle and you can relate it back to body image if you like, what's your one piece of advice? I don't think I'll relate this back to body image. I would say outsource everything that you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, it's funny because I had a conversation recently with a girlfriend and um, she was, uh, we've got a housekeeper uh, in last year who helped us out. And my girlfriend was saying, gosh, that's so luxurious, Taryn. And I said, is it really? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm working five days. And I said to her, how many days are you working? She said, three, I'm working part-time. And I said to her, well, if I work part-time, I'd be really happy to pick up those couple of days to do those duties. And she kind of went, huh, yeah, interesting. But there seems to be still a little bit of shame behind asking for help and getting help. So we had an au pair live in with us for four years. Then last year, we had a housekeeper. This year, I've dropped to a four-day week. So things are always evolving and things are always changing. And as the needs of our kids change as they get older, what you need will change as well. At the moment, I see I could talk about this all day because I think the juggle, <laughs> the juggle and the, the juggle is real. Um, yes. But the only other thing I would say, this just came up in another conversation, was I've just started um, implementing a babysitter a couple of days a week here and there between three and six while we're doing other drop-offs with other kids. But she's not a babysitter, but really I'm getting her to cut vegetables and cut fruit and clean out pantries and clean the fridge out. So pay your babysitters an extra few dollars and get them to actually work, especially if the kids are a bit older, you don't need to feed them and hold them and do all those things. That's a thing in America, apparently. They call that roller mother's helper. Ah, so yes, there's a time management expert. I don't know if you've heard of her, Laura Vanderkam, and that's one of the things that she recommends is to get a mother's helper, and that's exactly what they do. They help with the mothers, and I say that in inverted commas, <laughs> mothers work. <laughs> I thought, see, here I am. So, yeah. I've just been so revolutionary. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't pay a babysitter twenty dollars, pay twenty five and get them to work, um, and it's already a thing. But um, look, I, I think right, you can truly, you know, outsource everything that you don't, either don't like or don't have time for get help and don't be afraid to share it with others because it empowers other women to know we can't do it all who wants to do it all um we've done that for far too long i agree and what a perfect place to end so thank you so much taryn we have so enjoyed this interview with you and best of luck with a smashing success for the course thank you so much thanks for having me and i hope all your listeners get something from you i'm sure they will thank you catch you later So don't forget, you can find out all about the Embrace You course at embraceyouonline.com and we'll include links to all of the other places you can find Tyron and the documentary in the show notes. And I fully recommend that you go and check it out because that is just a little taster and some of the stuff that she has put out there, the information is just wonderful and so helpful. And I forgot to mention I was going to tell her that I loved the images, the photos in her book. Yes, yes, that was... They're really fun, aren't they? yes. It was really nice. So that's something to check out too. Her book is lovely. It was so relatable. Mm. Unfortunately, I need to do a bit more embracing, I think. It's all right. Now you, you know how. It's time to sign up to the course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us. That is it from us today. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.